Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome back to another spiritual leadership episode with uh, Pastor Andrew Pham, myself. I'm excited to bring you this episode. It's something that's close to my heart, and I really hope this blesses you. In terms of an update from myself, um, right now, my son Luca is uh, currently walking. He's uh, babbling a lot. He's a year and one month almost, yeah, one month now, and uh, he's, we're celebrating a belated one-year birthday for him. So really exciting. It's going to happen this weekend, and we're halfway through our, almost halfway through our 40-day fast for our church, and that's really exciting, and God's doing, I think, some really, really cool things. And so that's a little bit about what's happening in my world, but more importantly, this episode that um, that I want to go through is about um, our devotional life and how that will lead to spiritual maturity. So last week we said that in order for leaders, especially spiritual leaders, um, what is important is that we hunger for Jesus and we hunger for the things of God and therefore we must take our spiritual maturity seriously. We must take spiritual growth seriously. And so how does one do that? And so we mentioned last week, it's hunger. And and we can't you can't teach hunger, right? You, you have to be hungry for the things of God, and that is knowing God and how much He's done for you. And through that revelation, you want to know Him more because He is so good. He tastes so good. So this episode, and there are probably the more uh, preceding episodes after this, will always will be around um, growing in our faith. And so a lot of people call it spiritual disciplines. And um, these spiritual disciplines, just like any martial arts, will help you grow in your abilities, in this case, in our faith. And obviously, it is God that brings the growth, but we are also to be in partnership with Him to grow spiritually. And I'm reminded recently that to become an expert in something, it takes 10,000 hours. That's, there was a, you know, a book on that. Regardless if it's 10,000 hours, I think the meaning is that it takes a long time, a lot of study, a lot of hard work. So... If you follow boxing or a- athletes, they, they, they train rigorously. And one thing they always train is the basics. You know, if you're a boxer, it's the jab, it's the, it's the duck, it's the weave, it's the left hook, right hook. And they'll do those basics every single day before they get fancy and start doing fancy footwork and start doing unique combinations. It's all about getting the basics right. A thousand, a thousand, a thousand times each and every day, they call it muscle memory. And in the same way, as spiritual leaders, we are in the front line against the devil. We are God's soldiers, and we must get the basics right a thousand, a thousand times each and every day, building those spiritual muscles so that we can teach others how to do that, and we can grow spiritually. And there's no better way to start this particular topic of spiritual disciplines um, with devotionals. I know right now in our church at CEC, we, we have um, a devotional groups and we've got accountability groups, which is fantastic. And I want to go through this as our first topic for our leaders. So welcome those who are outside of CV, CACV. But for those in CACV, I really want to get these basics right so we can teach the basics to our younger generation and we can all grow spiritually together. Because if you are not doing devotional time, if you're not reading, if you're not praying, you are most likely slowly dying in your faith. Like you, you know, I know people who have been Christians for a very long time who, yeah, for whatever 
reason have stopped doing devotional life and you know sin takes hold of their life and they start to go cold so how do we maintain the fire how do we maintain spiritual growth it is through spiritual discipline of devotional reading the word and prayer and this is what the word of god says uh, john 15 1 to, to 6 I am the true vine, my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may be more, bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And this this verse just goes to show the importance of just continually remaining in Jesus, continually stirring that flame, continually listening to his voice, continually in prayer, continually in worship, continually in reading his word. We can do nothing. We can bear no fruit. Literally, our impact for the kingdom of God will be zero. And this definition of fruit, some scholars say it's you know uh, bringing people to Christ or helping them mature in Christ. It could be the fruit of the Spirit. Regardless, I think it's about the spiritual things. We cannot serve. We cannot bring others to Christ. We cannot disciple our children. We cannot grow in our faith. We cannot grow in fruits of the Spirit without abiding in Jesus. And this is key. So what is devotions and where did it come from? It's actually really hard to find good, reliable research in this particular topic, funny enough. Like there's not like a a book that I could read that was like, wow, this is really like the history of how devotional life worked. And so I kind of yeah did some research myself and, and found a few things. And this is what I found. If we look at the word devote, it's a verb. So it's an action verb that means continually, continually devoting something, continually doing something. And here's a good definition from, from a dictionary. Devote, a verb, give all or most of one's time or resources to a person or activity. For instance, I want to devote more time to my family. The word devote has actually come from a Latin word to one being D and the other word being vovere which means formally vow. So it could also mean um, consecrated. It could also mean, you know, dedicating yourself to a particular thing. So it's quite interesting when it regards to the Christian life. Obviously, we've taken this word and we devote ourselves to Jesus and God. And that means our time, our resources to the person of Jesus and, and worship of him. And in history, actually, uh, devotional books, you know, are made popular now, but they didn't come about until um, yeah, long, long. They came about a long, long time ago by this guy named um, Saint Ongus, which is a really interesting name, and he was made famous for the kind of the first recorded devotional book. And he was an Irish monk, um, and the book was written in Gaelic. And so, you know, translate that years and years and centuries, centuries later, um, you find devotional books. We find um, yeah, lots of, you know, 30-day devotional books, devotional prayer books, all that kind of stuff. It has become, I guess, popular culture within the church. And so translating that back to us, we must have a great devotional life um, that cultivates a strong inner life in Jesus. 
for us to bear any fruit. Without it, we can do nothing, as the Word of God says. And so what are some barriers? What stops Christians from from having a strong devotional life? And in my experience and for what I've seen, I think there's a few things. First and foremost, God is not a priority. Other things in life take over, let it be kids, let it be work, let it be um, studies, let it be a relationship. What ends up happening is that we don't prioritize God and we tend to worship other things, financial independence, um, a relationship, family, all those types of things. God is not a priority. That's, that's kind of number one. Number two is God is a priority, but there's laziness and lack of discipline from developing these spiritual muscles. And yeah, it's hard to create this habit, but it can be made. And I've seen just laziness and lack of discipline usually lead to a poor devotional life. Um, some other barriers is that uh, some people think they're not smart enough to read the Bible. Like there's a IQ intelligence aspect and for some people, it's overwhelmness where they're not sure where to start. Which Bible should I read? Which, uh, sorry, which, you know, version of the Bible should I read? Which chapter should I start if how? And I think those are, are, are really valid uh, questions as well. And last but not least, I do think it's at times pride. I think people realize, don't realize that if they're not abiding in Jesus, they can go off in their life and do their own thing and, and live um, for Jesus, without Jesus, you could say. And prayerlessness and a lack of de- devotional life can be a source of, of pride because you think that you can go with on the day without prayer, without dependence on Jesus, and that you think you can do it yourself. Self-dependence. And so there's a bit of pride in that too, in my opinion. So those are the barriers. So I'm hoping that um, through this podcast, um, it would reduce those barriers, that you have a great devotional life so that you can abide in Jesus and bear more fruit for Jesus. So how does one have a good devotional life? I've, I've broken out down to this acronym, and it's very easy to remember, so hopefully you get it. So it's CPR. So CPR is like resuscitation of the heart. So I'm hoping I'll resuscitate your spiritual heart in this, in this acronym. So firstly, the C is consistent. You have to build a consistent habit. I get everyone is different. I get everyone's not, you know, a J. Some people are a P. Some people are disorganized. Some people are organized. Some people are spontaneous. Some people are routine-based. I get there are differences. But a habit is something, and it doesn't matter your personality type. Like like spont- spontaneous people have habits. Uh, unspontaneous people have habits. People who are routine have habits. People who are organized or disorganized all have some kind of habits. So, so creating a habit of, of worship and devotional life is key. And I know for a lot of you at CSV, you know that I do my quiet time mostly in the morning. So as soon as I wake up, I'll get a coffee. I'll start my, my quiet time because... That's how I start my day. My encouragement is you've got to do what suits you, but make it a habit. Let it be in the morning like I do. Let it be during your lunch break like I used to do during um, my, my, uh, when I used to work, or it could be at night before you sleep if for some of those night hours. Create this habit in your life 
that is consistent, that is uh, doable, that is achievable, and that you're happy with. In my experience, morning tends to work best, even for those who are night owls. Um, Because, you know, you might go to dinner and you come home at 12 o'clock, then you miss out on your your quiet time. And so whilst I'm usually leaning towards the morning, obviously try whatever works for you. But build that habit and what works for you. I remember when I was working, when I used to be not as disciplined and when I was working at ANZ, my quiet time was kind of like sporadic. Let it be uh, in the morning, during uh, my train ride to, to work or at lunch and sometimes at night. And what I realized, because it was so spontaneous, sometimes, yeah, it was easier to make excuses not to do it when, you know, a lunch date came or, or a lunch appointment or a night appointment. So I'd miss that day. It was very inconsistent. So that's why I kind of preach habit consistency uh, that you create a time during your day where you dedicate that time to, to God. And this is the first key to a strong devotional life, consistency. Second uh, acronym, which is P, so C, which is consistency, P is passion. I know I kind of mentioned this at the start, but you have to have a passion for God. And if you say you love God and it's not just lip service, you'll be passionate because you know how good he is, you know. And any spiritual leader, if they are to show others more of Jesus, should be passionate. It would be funny if I was teaching a subject at school or wherever and I just was not passionate about the subjects and I was kind of like just, you know, reading off a textbook. You know, the teacher wouldn't do very well, right? So in this way, same as spiritual leadership, we must have a passion and hunger for God. And I can guarantee you, if you spend time with Jesus, you get to know him, if you repent of your sins, if you learn more about him and you ask him for passion, he will give it in abundance. So that's C, P, and R. So what's R? R is reflection. So first, we must start with consistency. Secondly, we must start with passion. And third, which is more practical area of this CPR acronym, is reflection. I really believe that God speaks to us each and every day. Um, Let it be in some way, shape, or form. He wants to communicate to us. And by, by us knowing that foundation, um, our devotional time helps us uh, get to know him. So now I really just want to talk about some methods. How do we uh, go about this? Because, yeah, it can be overwhelming to read your Bible every single day, and sometimes it's dry, sometimes it's really insightful. So what's a key? what's some methods that we can use to have a great devotional life? And I've got a few things here um, that I want to go through with you. Um, firstly, this is called the immersive method. So for instance, if you're reading a story, usually it happens in narrative or in the gospels, you want to put yourself in the situation of those characters. You want to feel what is happening in their world. For instance, if it's, uh, Joseph, who's one of my favorite characters in the Bible, and he's going through being sold into slavery by his brothers, he's thrown into prison, he's being accused of, of sexual assault by the Potiphar's wife. You put yourself into the story and, and you know, look at it from the Potiphar's view, look at it from the Potiphar's wife view, look at it from the servant's view, look at it from Joseph's view, and you immerse yourself into that re- situation and assess what are your reactions, what were they thinking. It's almost like a empathetic. Empathy style, uh, sympathy style um, 
approach to it and you immerse yourself and you learn something about God in that situation. So you immerse yourself. And I find that really helpful at times. I'm like, wow, I wouldn't have reacted that way. Oh, wow, I would have reacted that way. Oh, wow, I'm a sinner because, you know, that's a kind of, I have those kind of faults or, you know, that's something I relate to because I think, you know, he has similar traits to me or she. So there is a immersive way to go through your devotional. Secondly, there is a, a kind of a knowledge-based theological way. So what does this chapter, what does this story, what do these Psalms or what do these Proverbs tell me about God? You read it and you read God's justice, how he's, you know, um, killing the Israelites because they've fallen short of his glory and disobey him in many different ways. Or you learn about his mercy and how he loves the foreigner and, and provides food for, for them and, and the poor in the state of Israel by forcing the Israelites to um, yeah, give a portion of, of, of their harvest to them. So you learn about knowledge and, and about God through your devotional life. Um, there's a, another way that is very popular called, um, I guess it's called SOAP and it's more applicable based. And I think a lot of people do this. So you get a scripture, you read the, the Bible passage and, or, you know, either out loud or in your mind or wherever it may, you, you observe the passage. So this is SOAP scripture observation. What do you notice about the verses? What's the main message? What ideas and, and thoughts jump kind of like jump out to you and, as you write these down, as you journal, um, you you kind of ask for application. Ask God what He wants you to apply, how how to apply this verse to your life. Let it be. Don't be anxious about anything. And you read that, and you're feeling really anxious. You're like, okay, I think God is speaking. How can I apply this? And then you pray. So soap is a really kind of like generic. Uh, a lot of people use it. It's scripture. Observe what's being said. What's the application? How can I pray? That's another way. Um, another way is journaling, which is kind of self-explanatory, uh, which kind of goes through all these. And as a confession, I don't journal much. I'm not a huge journal, never been. Um, I feel like I'm reflective and maybe it's something I need to consider more. But as you have a devotional life, journaling tends to help just collect your thoughts, write it down and what God is saying to you. So you've got immersive technique, you've got the knowledge-based technique, we've got the application-based technique through SOAP, you've got journaling, but you but one thing I want to add to this is meditative. So for me, meditative is really important because you chew on the scriptures like you're chewing on food and you're mulling it over. When it says stuff like love your neighbor, love your enemies, and you feel like you can't love anyone, you just begin to meditate on the word of God during these times. And it says patience. You know, love does not boast and you're feeling insecure, you know. So, and as you chew on it, you'll find that God just begins a work to change your emotions. It begins to work on your whole body because the Holy Spirit is taking those words, you know, and and, and you're mulling over it um, and you're just meditating it as the psalmist in in, in Psalm 1 says, meditate on the Lord day and night. And it just refreshes your soul. So I'm really big, big on the meditative part of it. And so those are some techniques and methods that you can use in your to have a good devotional life when it comes to reflection. Because reflection is really important. And without it, it's kind of like you're kind of dry reading. You're kind of reading as a textbook. You want to reflect and see what God is saying to you through immersion, through knowledge of theological base, through soaping, through journaling, through meditation, whatever it is. And here's another one for you. 
and this is more, I guess, I don't know if it's advanced or, you know, more for maybe the teachers or, or, or passing things on, but you get godly insights from your time with Jesus. You, you know, there are some times where I've just looked at this particular texture in my time and God just starts speaking to me like just hitting me with all these revelations and knowledge bombs and it feels so good. And it's stuff that the commentators and you know other people don't say. It's just between you and God. And this is like the freshness of a strong devotional life because when you begin to teach others, you're leading a Bible study or you're telling your children about it or you're telling your friend about it, it just comes with passion because it's like God spoke to you. And some of my best sermons or some of my best Bible studies have been through just these godly insights that he just drops on you as you read scripture and as you pray with him in your devotional time. And trust me, some of the yeah, like I some of the best sermons I've ever preached or ever said, ever spoken have come from my quiet time with God. And I can tell you time after time that that is the case. And I know uh, a habit and devotional time is not easy. Um, everyone struggles, but I want to share a, a personal story here. I think it's important. I used to struggle a lot with my consistent quiet time. And I remember hearing a pastor and preacher just say, hey, you got to do it. You got to pray and ask God to build this habit and have a hunger for him and have a hunger for his scripture. For the first, I'd say four, maybe five-ish years of my Christian walk, I knew I wanted to be a pastor. I had a very inconsistent devotional life. It could be you know, sometimes two times a week, sometimes five times a week, sometimes no times a week. And it's very, very inconsistent. And usually it was more consistent when I needed God. And now obviously, you know, projecting 10 years down, 11 years down the track, it's, I feel like I have a very consistent devotional life and it's because it's my priority and I make time for him. And I think it makes all the difference in my life. And so I really believe it for you too that you can have a consistent devotional life that will help you grow, that will that God will speak to you. It will help you be less anxious. It will help you in, in, in everything that you do in your life and you begin to bear unbelievable fruit for his kingdom. So what are the dangers of a devotional life in church? I really think it, become, it can, some of the dangers, if we're not careful of our motives, is that it can become ritualistic. It's like a ticker box exercise can be a task. And that's when you kind of need to be like, okay, what's happening here? Why is it dry? You know, is there sin in my heart? Why does it become like a ticker box exercise, like a, a pharisaical exercise? And you just got to check yourself that it's not ritualistic. Um, there's a danger of becoming a knowledge thing that, um, you know, you're using it to, to gain more knowledge and, and more learning about God like you would studying a celebrity or history. And that, um, I think, is a danger in that because it could puff you up. It could it could be more intellectual than it is reflective and powerful and life-changing. And lastly, it could be a performance. So if you are a little bit insecure and you're trying to impress others a lot and you're, you, know, you haven't worked out your identity in Christ as much and you're, you know, your devotional life becomes a performance and as if you're trying to impress others. And this kind of shows your insecurity, and I've seen it in myself as well, that sometimes it can come, become a performance, um, but you want to get rid of that. you got to know if you're just performing for the applause of others or if you just want to do devotional time because you love spending time with Jesus. So those are some dangers of um, devotional life. So don't make it ritualistic. Don't make it a knowledge-based, you know, intellectual exercise and don't do it for a performance to impress others. Do it for God and you'll bear fruit. So in conclusion, 
A good devotional life will change your life 100% believe it. It is blistered discipline. It's hard work to change habits, but it will change your life and you will grow like never before. And like I said, my best sermons have come for it. Heart-changing correction has come for it. God speaking to me has come for it. Um, it has encouraged me in times of, and, and down. And most importantly, I feel his presence consistently throughout it. I really hope today that you imp- implement a good devotional life in your life tonight, t- today. So if you're struggling, talk about it. Get an accountability partner. Speak to me about it. I'd love to hear from you. So email me at spiritualleadership.ap at gmail.com. Love to hear your feedback and thoughts. See you in the next episode. Ciao.